there, and welcome to the podcast on this Mother's Day weekend. Glad that you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast and listen to it. We hope and pray that you will be edified and Christ will be glorified. Would you please share us with your friends and family and hit that like button and be sure to follow us as well. That way you get alerts each time we release our podcast. To find out more information about us, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase. There also you can find a statement of faith, our LinkedIn page, and our Twitter feed page as well, the links to those. We do post on those two social media accounts from time to time. Also, there's a prayer list available. I would encourage you to, to go there if you're a prayer warrior especially and pray for these people who have asked that their names be posted there. And if you have a prayer request, you may email us through the webpage as well on our contact page, or you can email us at biblicalquestion, all one word, all lowercase, at juno.com. Today we're going to talk about a godly mother's role, a godly mother's role in light of Mother's Day weekend. And traditionally, uh, most churches are always talking about mothers on Mother's Day, and uh, that's not necessarily what I, we always have done in the past, but we will this time. Uh, giving uh, the the virus that's going around, the COVID, we certainly hope and pray that everyone listening as well in your in your family and loved ones as well. We certainly need to be praying for the church around the world. Uh, many people suffer and are persecuted for their beliefs in Jesus and the Scripture as the only avenue to God and to eternal life. And we pray each day here, a biblical question, for the persecuted church around the world. Uh, persecution is probably in every country, more than likely that it is. It is at different levels and different types of persecution. Here in the Western world so far, uh, we can't lose our head or our jobs or our lives for believing in Christ, but we could lose a job, family members, and friends. So we need to always be praying for one another. We also need to pray for our mothers uh, who chose life and allowed us to come into the world and raised us the best that they knew how. Here are some questions some children were asked about their mothers and, and the child's answers. And I have three questions here. The first one is, what kind of little girl was your mom? What kind of little girl was your mom? Well, one answer was, I don't know because I was not there. I guess she was pretty bossy. And another answer, uh, the popular answer was, second most, was, they say she used to be nice. The second question was, why did your mom marry your dad? Why did your mom marry your dad? Well, the first answer, most popular, was, my dad makes the best macaroni and cheese, and my mom eats a lot. The second most popular answer, she got to be told to do anything else. Not sure what that answer really means, but I guess she was told she had to marry dad. And the third most popular here involves uh, grandma. My grandma said she did not have her head on straight. I wonder how many uh, grandmas actually said that. 
A third uh, question was, what would it take to make your mom perfect? What would it take to make your mom perfect? The most popular answer was, on the inside, she's already perfect. On the outside, I think she had plastic surgery. And the second most popular answer was a, a diet. You dye her hair blue. So the things that kids uh, say sometimes is very interesting. But I want to talk today in this podcast to be thinking about a, a mother still. And as we talk about a mother still, uh, what I mean is what some things mothers must instill in their children. If their children are going to grow up and honor God. And be the kind of people that God wants them to be. The kind of people God expects Christians to be. You know, we might laugh at the responses that some of these kids gave and the answers I just read, but mothers just have a really hard road to hoe. I mean, they really do. And I'm not stressing the truth here uh, when I say this. A role of a mother's is very hard. A junior high teacher was uh, teaching her a class on magnets, and she, she spent a whole class period talking about the properties of magnets, how they could draw them themselves together, but then on other times they could push things away. In the next class, the next day, the teacher, she gave a, a pop quiz. And one of the questions challenged the students to write a six-letter word. And that question was, things that pick up. Well, half the class did not put M-A-G-N-E-T, magnet. Half the class wrote M-O-T-H-E-R, mother. You see, we have this tendency way too often to take a beautiful gift God has given to us, our mothers, for granted. And I want us to look at what God has challenged mothers to instill in their children. And the first thing, again, is mothers are called to instill a respect for Scripture. And I'm going to be reading several different verses today, and I certainly hope that you have a Bible and will follow along. If you want to follow along, open your Bible, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. And here is the Apostle Paul. He, he's writing this letter to Timothy, a young man. And if you would read the entire epistle, the entire letter to Timothy, you would find out that Paul is really praising Timothy's mother and how she raised him in a godly atmosphere, in a godly home, taught him the scriptures. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood you have known the sacred writings which you were able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So he's, he's talking about his mother here. So, but where does the credibility on Scripture come from? 
as we grow older and gain knowledge, uh, we work through it, uh, we wrestle with it, uh, we begin to see the credibility in Scripture itself, proving its truthfulness. I, I know the deeper that I dig into the Bible and, and study it and do word studies, I love word studies, you, you start to see the credibility that Scripture really has. And it it does not contradict itself. Early on, where where did we think that this credibility of Scripture come from early in our walk? I, I think it comes from, again, the things that we, we have learned. I believe it comes from moms. Moms teaching their kids songs like Jesus Loves Me or or reading little Bible stories to them, uh, taking them to uh, VBS in the summer, the vocational Bible school, for those outside the country may not know what that is. Uh, but moms are doing those things, uh, constantly showing their children who God is and trying to teach them. And I think at a young age, this house install uh uh, a respect for the scripture. When they see moms respecting the Bible and respecting God, I think that helps at a very young age. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 7 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Now notice verse 7. Uh, this is from the NIV. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So what is God really trying to say here? I think it's pretty clear. God is saying, let the word let the scripture, let the Bible be such a part of your life in which it does not matter what setting you're in. doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter if you're at the dinner table or the breakfast table. It doesn't matter if you're doing prayers right before bed. Always use every opportunity to share the word of God and live it as an example, moms instill a respect for the Word of God in your children. The second thing here I want to talk about today on this Mother's Day weekend is instilling them real faith. Again, back to, to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I remember the true faith that is in you. It lived first in Lois, your grandmother, and then Enos, your mother. I am sure it is still in you, too. Listen closely, and go back and read that later if you don't have a Bible with you right now. Listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying here of the faith of Timothy. Again, Paul says, I see that true faith in you. Can people say that about you and me today? They can look at you and say, there's a Christian. There is a man who has faith in God. There is a woman who trusts Jesus. 
there, there's no mask here in which Timothy is put on. There's nothing fake about it. His faith is not just for show. It's not just for when he's at the church building. It's not just when he's uh, at a group meeting with the church at the local restaurant or whatever. It's the real deal. It is absolutely what you see is what you get. Again, Apostle Paul is saying there's a chain of faith displayed here as well. See, it started with Grandma, and Grandma passed it on to her daughter to the next generation. And then the next generation, Timothy's mother passed it on to Timothy. It is this chain of faith that Paul is saying needs to be passed on to the next generation. Moms, every day, your sons, your daughters are watching you. And they're watching you to see if you practice what you preach. Are you really living it? Or are you just all talk and no show? And what they see in you not only will leave a mark on them at a young age, it will also leave a mark on your grandchildren. It is not by accident a mom has a prayer meeting here in her home. Read with me in Acts chapter 12. Verse 12. When Peter realized this, he went to Mary's house. She was the mother of John. John was also called Mark. Many people were gathered there. They were all praying. See, when the church is in trouble, uh, Peter's in jail at this time. It is the mother at the house there who is being uh, they're using her home to have a prayer meeting. She is setting an example. It is so hard to see now why John Mark will, will go on a missionary journey later. Does it make sense why Barnabas would, would take Mark after a difference of opinions between Paul and, and, the, and the rest of the party? Then later Paul, he will uh, come back later and ask for John Mark to rejoin him. That, that's a whole other podcast. But the, the, the point here is they're using a house whose mother is part of this group to pray. Here's a young man who has clearly been raised in how to have a true faith. Faith is being passed from one generation to the next generation. Have you ever noticed what Luke shares here in Acts chapter 1, verse 14? Together here, they were all together, and they were constantly praying with the same purpose. Jesus' brothers, some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were also there. See there, there is Mary with her, with her sons, the brothers of Jesus. There they are, praying together. Mary also was a great example in her house at that time. See, Jesus' own mother was constantly in prayer with the disciples. You know, when God chooses uh, the mother for his son, uh, he's going to choose a woman of true faith. And clearly God had done just that. 
This faith not only carries who through all the challenges that she would face, and I am sure there was a lot of them that the Bible does not record. Being challenged and being a young girl, most people would have probably known by this point in time that she conceived Jesus and she wasn't married to Joseph at the time. I'm sure the shame there that she had to figure out how to work through. That used to be a shameful thing in our society, but it is no longer. But how about that faith that would carry her through the crucifixion? I mean, there she is at the cross, at the foot of the cross with the Apostle John, and she's watching Jesus die. After all she's been through, her faith is still here in this chapter of Acts. Of course, now by now, she knows there's a resurrection, and she knows that Jesus has ascended back to heaven. It's here she is, still praying. The third point is, instill in your child a desire to serve. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, and we're going to read the first three verses. Paul went to the towns of Deborah and Lestra. A follower of Jesus named Timothy was there. Timothy's mother was a Jewish believer. His father was not a Jew. The brothers of the towns of Lestra respected Timothy, and they said good things about him. And Paul wanted Timothy to travel with him. But all the Jewish people living in that area already knew that Timothy's father was not Jewish. Therefore, Paul took Timothy and circumcised him to please the Jews. You see, here is Timothy uh, being very well respected from a wide range of people from different backgrounds. And again, I think it's because his mother and grandmother installed in him a faith in God. And he lived it, he practiced it, and people could see it. See, when Paul meets Timothy, he's going to meet a faithful believer of God. He meets a young man that has a good background. He meets a man ready to serve the Lord. And moms who are listening, this was no accident. Timothy's mother and grandmother, again, they mold a masterpiece of a man. They shaped him and molded him. They created, with God's help, a man who will have a large or, or a huge impact over his part of the world. I don't know what kind of abilities God has given you. I do know the challenge God has presented to you. That is to take the children of God that he has blessed you with and shape them and mold them into a man like Timothy. To prepare them to have genuine faith and to demonstrate that faith and to go forth and make a difference for the kingdom of God. I ran across this article entitled, uh, How to Raise Godly Children. John and, and Charles Wesley's mother, 
Susanna Wesley. If you look in a lot of your songbooks at, at church in the church building there, there are a number of songs written by this lady. And she will have a huge influence on her children. And she would give 16 points to raising godly children that are really practical and very down to earth. But I'm only going to share six of them with you today. You can go on your favorite internet search and I'm sure find it. That's how I found it. So, number one, she says, subdue the self-will in a child. And those working together with God to save that child's soul. You see, if you stop and think about what pride does to us all, how it can destroy a person's life, how important is it, Mom, to raise your children in a fashion that's mentioned here? Number two, teach a child to pray as soon as he can speak. Teach a child to pray as soon as he can speak. I know growing up, uh, we always had to say our nightly prayers before bed. That was one of the things. And we always prayed before mealtime. That was always uh, installed in us. It's the memories that I have. I'm sure we were told to pray at other times. But you cannot give a child a relationship with God too early. The sooner, the better. I have a, a niece who, who started to pray when she was around three. And by the age five, uh, she will not eat unless a prayer is said. I, kudos to her mom for doing that. She will not go to bed until uh, she has said her nightly prayers. This is something that I'm going to say that she has come to enjoy. Her prayers are very short, I've heard them, and they're very simple, which is just fine. But you know what, maybe as adults, we try to make prayer uh, hard. We try to make prayer sound good for everybody else. Maybe we try to just make them sound too good. The third thing here that this lady wrote was, Give them nothing that they cry for. And only what they ask for politely. Again, using my niece when she was young, as an example here, uh, she knows that she better ask nicely or she's not going to get anything. And she always says thank you. Or her mother will let her know about it. And it was the same when I was raised. My mother taught me to say please and thank you. If we don't teach our children manners, they're going to really struggle in life as they get older. Number four, to prevent lying, punish no fault which is first confessed and repented of. Never allow a sinful act to go unpunished. See, if we don't teach our children about right and wrong, who's going to do it? The world is not going to, and the public schools are not going to, and the neighbor's not going to. They all have different ideas of what's right and wrong. And you as a mother, and I'm going to say dads too, parents, we really need to teach our children what's right and wrong based off of the Bible. God commands parents to teach their children what God expects. And, and if they break those rules... And if we break those rules that God has laid out, 
I don't think God I just lets it go aimlessly like an indulgent grandfather. Unless we repent and confess. In other words, we stop those sins and we confess. Then there is true forgiveness. If we want to install a, a true heart of, of confession, we better teach the way to our child what God expects. Teach your child this by using this idea here. Number five, commit to a reward for good behavior. Good behavior, excuse me. There needs to be a balance between a number four and, th and this one. If we're going to punish for wrong behavior, then we also need to see good behavior and reward that. Just, just like God will give us a reward as well. Number six, strictly observe all promises. We grew up learning how to relate to those who are in authority by how we relate to our parents. And, and mom and dads, please keep your word. If you say, hey, if you do this, I promise we'll go do that. Uh, we'll go get an ice cream or whatever. If you make that promise to your child, you need to keep it. Uh, by all means, keep it. If you don't, uh, the children will eventually not trust you or anybody else uh, who are in authority. Proverbs uh, 23, verse 25 says this, May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. What better gift can any of us give to our mothers in living a life in which mom could be proud of? A life that truly reflects the presence of God and everything that you and I say as, as a child of a mother. Mothers, uh, instill, I mean, instill in your children a respect for the Word of God. Show them and place in their lives a true face. Show them how. And give them a servant's heart. They want to serve God. They want to help the church. They want to help others. Uh, the widow ladies, whatever. Just teach them how to be a servant. And let all of us listening honor our mothers by honoring those good things that she taught us that we can teach our children and grandchildren. So hopefully in today's podcast, you are ready to honor God who really truly loves you and that you're honoring your mother and thanking Him for a godly mother. I know many people in our society today grow up without a mother, or maybe an aunt raised them. Whoever that motherly role uh, is in your life, give them a holler, give them a call, text them, email them. I know my mother really loves a personal phone call, and that's great. Call her. Give a call to your mom. Acknowledge her and thank her for everything that she has done for you. Moms probably gave up more uh, to, to their children than children probably really realize. I want to take time again to thank my mom, who hopefully is listening. 
she is uh, just started listening here in the last couple of weeks and uh, trying to get her up to speed on technology so happy Mother's Day to you mom and we thank you uh, both of us here for all that you've done for us I want to thank the rest of you for bearing with me and staying to the end of this podcast I certainly hope that you will be blessed and edified please make sure you follow us and like us on your favorite uh, podcasting app however you listen to us so you get an alert the next time we release our podcast which is generally on Saturdays sometime uh, in the afternoon and central standard time we also encourage you to go back to our webpage if you've never been there check it out if you have prayer requests uh, go there and, and submit a prayer request if you're a prayer warrior please go there and pray for these people some of these folks who have requested prayers actually had to go walk somewhere to get to an internet cafe and pay money to send that message in hopes that people would pray. So please do so. And we thank you again for listening. May God bless you, and may God have the glory.